0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Today, we got a winner. We got a big winner in my books. Um, not totally surprised that I liked this movie, but I was surprised by how much I liked this movie. Because today we're talking about Blackberry, which is the uh, the Canadian biopic which kind of follows the, uh, the formation and the creation of the first Blackberry smartphone and how it kind of took over the world and really changed the entire landscape of smartphones and the whole idea of what these devices can do for you. Um, if you know me, you know I'm a huge, huge social network fan, top to bottom, just one of the most exceptional films on every level from directing David Fincher to the writing of Aaron Sorkin, Jesse Eisenberg, and Andrew Garfield, and Justin Timberlake all kill it. Uh, just incredible performances, cinematography, the the soundtrack from Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I mean, it just... That movie will stand the test of time and really showed the importance of Facebook, obviously, the obsession of it, and just how it took over, Um but how obviously, on the back end, there was a lot of duplicity, duplicitous behavior. There was tons of malpractice, and just you know, also some backstabbing. Um, and the way that they framed that story and told it was awesome. I think it was the perfectly digestible way for people who are like, "I don't, I don't care about Facebook." Well, it's a really interesting court drama. It's, you know, it's five different movies in one. So when I heard they were making a BlackBerry movie, it was kind of like, okay, this, this could be interesting. You know, uh, You know, I never owned a BlackBerry. My grandma had a BlackBerry Pearl, you know, with the two keys, the two letters on a key, as opposed to the, uh, the three if you had a nine number pad, or obviously the full QWERTY keyboard that they introduced on the BlackBerry. So the early 2000s, Reality in Motion, uh, was a software tech startup company essentially out of Canada. Um, And what you've got is a group of guys who kind of like what we saw in Facebook and kind of like what we see now at Google and all these other tech companies. You know, these guys are playing video games. They're having movie nights. They're obviously great designers and developers and all those things. But it's almost more of a fun environment than it is a work environment if that makes some sense Um, and immediately this film kind of gives you an idea of okay you know these guys they like to have fun it doesn't seem like they're doing a ton of work but clearly they're you know they're playing tons of online games um, at a time where playing online on the internet together was a, a feat of ingenuity itself um, whether you're using dial-up in your modems and whatnot. Uh, so Jay Baruchel, who we know is, uh, well, Seth Rogen's best friend and This Is The End, um, but he also plays the lead role in the How to, or How to Train Your Dragon movies. He plays Mike Lazaridis, who's the head of Reality in Motion um, and who we follow for most of the story. His right hand man is Doug, played by the writer and director of this movie, Matt Johnson, um, who kills it on all three of those fronts, you know, since we're just acknowledging all of his roles here. The two of them, best friends, they're running this company. They need to have <laughs> they need to have this giant order filled for a whole bunch of modems. You know, it's this huge order from a robotics company. We're fine, we're gonna make a lot of money. But on the side, they're pitching an idea for the world's first email smartphone. It'll have a keyboard, it'll be bigger than a pager, you'll be able to read your digital messages, respond with a full keyboard, all these things. It's gonna be revolutionary. And so they're going around pitching and they pitch to a guy named Jim Balsillie, played by Glenn Howerton, who many of you know as Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He is you know, the epitome of the wolf not even in sheep's clothing he will eat you alive in a meeting he will chew you up and spit you out but the guy knows how to talk and he knows how to sell and he knows how to work a room and so when he gets in trouble at his own company he remembers that these two guys came in with an idea for a phone and hey this might be my next move so Jim comes to reality in motion See in this room full of all these would-be programmers goofing off, playing computer games, having movie nights and spending more time on that than they are their actual jobs. And he makes them an offer. He comes in and he says, hey, I will run your company and I will give you this much money right now. And we're going to build and create that smartphone and we're going to sell it and we're going to change the world. But I got to be like, I got to be in charge i got the money, I've got the capital, I've got the power and the resources, and I can market this. And of course Doug is, as we kind of see in the movie, Doug is more the voice for Mike than Mike is his own voice. Mike is a very timid, non-confrontational type of guy. can hardly speak for himself and so Doug does a good number of the negotiating and speaking for Mike. And he doesn't want to sacrifice the values of the company. He doesn't want things to become like the big rest of the corporations. You know, we're still the little guys. That's what makes this fun. This is why we're here is because we can do this work, but we're not taking it so seriously. You know, there has to be time for fun. There has to be time for all of this. And, you know, and this is what Mike wants. Well, that is it? And eventually... Mike comes around to the idea and says, Hey, let's get into business with Jim. I think this is a smart move. Let's make it happen. So Jim wastes no time. He comes in and there's just, yeah, I won't spoil too much about the movie, but if you know, Glenn Howerton and his ability to just form rage and be terrifying, but also just supremely funny with his delivery. Um, once he kind of comes on as the boss, he's like, "All right, well, you know, I'm gonna need a desk. I need a phone. We have an account, or you know, we have a, I have an assistant now, and so everyone's gonna have to go through her for payroll for all these things. But he's like, I need to use the phone and make a call. And he goes to pick up the receiver, and you know, you get that dial, fax, modem machine, everything, and you know, he hangs it up immediately. And he's like, what the? And he looks out. All the employees, you know, they're playing their online video game, whatever it is, and he just shouts through there. He's like, you know what, everybody get off the fucking internet. And it's I I could never do it justice because how he speaks, how he screams, the seriousness of how he delivers it, and then the faces of everybody else. I mean, it's just it's comical, it's effective. In the sense that it's like you're kind of thinking, I'm like, these guys need a kick in the ass because as Mike kind of comes around to the idea of he's like, hey, what we're doing here and what we're building is so important and it should be, you know, you should be proud to be working on the BlackBerry. And so they got to get to work. He tells them, hey, you guys have till tomorrow to build me a prototype. And it scares the shit out of the guys, but it also makes them scramble and it turns on that side of their brains that was already kind of tooled for this. This is your area of expertise, so put your heads together. It's time to pull some of those startup no sleep, you know, sleepless nights, and, you know, create a working prototype that we can pitch and get some funding for. And so this is where the movie really takes off, um, and it just... If you're like me, if you have an interest in mobile phones, in cellular technology, a lot of these things, which totally comes from my dad and the work that you know he was doing when I was growing up, um, I was fortunate enough to to see the evolution of smartphones from pocket PCs and Blackberries to Windows phones, iPhones, Androids, everything, you know. I got in at the bottom level and kind of got to, you know, when he was developing uh, for Windows Mobile, you know, all these beautiful HTC devices, all these different phones that did so many different things. Some with styluses, some with a full slide out keyboard, some with a double sliding ability, some that were touchscreen with keypads. I mean, there were smartphones used to be so smart. They used to be so cool. Um, And obviously this movie addresses it at some point. But once the iPhone came around, the game changed completely. Android held out as long as they could, but they got rid of buttons. And, you know, I look back at this crazy, cool time in tech history where you had some of the most ingenious and just awesomely designed devices Um, everything wasn't the same, you know, nowadays, I mean, it's the same with cars. Now, someone comes out with a new model and you're like, no, that's just the Ford Fiesta, but you put your logo on it and you change the hood around a little bit. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing new and exciting, especially in the world of tech. You know, now, obviously with phones, Motorola came back and they're like, what if we had a flip touchscreen? And, you know, what if we had foldable touchscreens? And so, you know, they're, they're trying some things. But again, it's all touchscreen-based. I would kill to have a keyboard again. When the Sidekick came out for T-Mobile way back in the day, with that crazy flick that it did, I mean, that was insane. Having the little trackpad ball, all these different things. But so much of this started with Blackberry. And so watching these guys fight for the fact that, hey, we can put email, we can put messaging, We can have a full keyboard we can do all of this you can conduct your business from anywhere you know it was revolutionary and it did change the game and the coolest thing in this movie to see too is just how they had to operate with some of these mobile networks you know they operate a lot with verizon and so you're kind of learning the ins and outs of how you also have to sell this device because this was a time where you know we're selling text messages at 29 cents a message or you know One minute of calls is a dollar. All these, you know, they used to bill you for everything. And obviously I was a child then and so I wasn't paying for it. I wasn't totally aware too of how they would just nickel and dime you. But it's so interesting looking at how they had to operate and looking at the parameters they had to operate around. The fact that back then the network could only hold maybe 500,000 active devices at one time. That's the whole network. Um, which is just obviously data used to be a lot bigger than our ability to compress. It was a lot different because you had to have SD cards. You had to have ways to expand storage. Um, I don't know. They were just, I'm, I'm geeking out. I don't mean to get off topic, but this stuff to me has always been fascinating and understanding how this tech works what it satisfied for customers and what it became. And the BlackBerry certainly became a status symbol for elite workers, for anybody wealthy enough to own one who was important enough to have someone to email all the time. I mean, it just, this movie touches on so many cultural footprints that these devices left. Um, And one of the things I really liked about Mike Lazaridis and his character was like, and this isn't like, oh, yeah, yeah, pro America, whatever. But he's like, I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to cheap out on materials to make mass production of models. I don't want to go to China to do this. If we're going to do it, I want to do it right. I want to make sure that each device gets the care that it deserves, that this is a quality product we're putting our names on, because it has to be for what it does. Um, and so there's this really interesting look, too, on manufacturing and how you have to do some of this how you have to play ball sometimes, where you sacrifice or you choose not to sacrifice. And then the growing of the times and you know whether all of that was for nothing. Um, I, I mean, I really, really loved this movie. I would call it, I call it social network light when I describe it to people. And I don't mean for that to be anything other than like high praise. Because again, social network for me, that's like one of the greatest movies of my time for sure. Um, but I would call it one of the best movies of all time. I could watch that thing again and again and again. And it's just insane and sensational every time. So for this to be social network light means that, hey, they were you know – I'm like there, there's some moments where it almost feels like they're recycling the soundtrack from, uh, from the social network. These tech movies have fallen into that. Like, all right, it's got to be the Resner style. Um, but I, I mean, I just had a fantastic time with this movie. Even if you're not a super phone person, I think the story and how it's told is super creative. It's really funny and it has some really great emotional beats as well. Um, obviously, there is all of this mismanagement on the back end. When it comes to Jim Balsillie's character, all these back deals, all these things that maybe the CEO doesn't totally know are going on, but I'm just going to keep doing because we got to grow this business one way or another. We have to figure out how to change the entire game. Um, So I don't know. They just, unlike the last few movies I've seen, there's just so much passion and energy in this film. Uh, the momentum just continues to carry you through um I can see this obviously being a huge hit on streaming once this hits streaming I feel like this film's gonna have some real legs um because just like Tetris it's a story that you know I feel like all people can associate with on some level because it's like yeah I played that game or maybe I didn't play it back in the day but I play Brick Breaker. I play all these things that were inspired by this game, and I know exactly how it works and the little frustrations and great victories people felt. So people can totally relate to this film in the sense that the smartphone has changed all of our lives, for better, for worse, it did. Um, And we all have our own experiences, whether it's our first device or things that we loved or things that we know, like getting screwed over on data or how was data this much? How are you going to charge us? The idea that you would charge for text messages to us now seems hilarious and obviously like a huge scam. It's like, what? How would you like it was ridiculous, the things that they used to charge for overages, whatever. Oh, you went over your minutes or your data. So now you're it's still kind of insane to a degree given the technology we have now. But I digress. Glenn Howerton just delivers a phenomenal performance in this movie. I have been waiting for him, I'm sure like many others, to kind of not leave that it's always sunny realm, but really put his talents to use in other projects. Uh, Because this is literally a prime example of just how versatile he can be, how hilarious he can be, but how dedicated and serious he is to this project um i I thought they did a great job. Matt Johnson, I didn't know anything about him going in this. I hadn't seen any of his other movies or uh, anything that he's written, but it certainly makes me interested to go back and I'm certainly going to be looking forward to what he's doing next because he was hilarious in the film um and he gives this I like, you know there's this really great balance that I just loved between and I think it's maybe I'm not not to get too I don't think political is the right word but these days there are just some people who don't want to put in the work to make a quality product or to get there you know there's the hey I'm not going to stay one extra minute than I'm supposed to and boundaries are great I think if anything younger generations or newer generations are helping carve out more workplace boundaries. But what I loved about Mike, and I think his character finally realized through the end, is if yeah, you know, we can we can do we can get by doing the bare minimum. We're all smart, capable people. You know, we're doing important work, but you know, we're gonna have a lot of fun while we're doing it. And sometimes, if you really want to change the world, if you really want to make an impact in whatever industry you're in, whatever you're doing. You have to put the work in. There's going to be sleepless nights, you know, or you're going to work a few extra hours. And it's probably not going to be just you, though. You know, and I think that's also important to think as well, just in terms of the bigger pictures for any work environment or whatever you're doing. But, you know, you're a team, you're a group. And so sometimes, especially in this film and these examples, you know, You got to get your shit together and you got to, you got to burn the midnight oil a little bit. And I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. I'm, you know, maybe I'm insane, but sometimes those moments as stressful as they can be as much as you're like, Oh, I'd much rather be at home. Maybe whatever. I'm like, you're there suffering collectively, but you're also doing something that's actually really enjoyable too. You know, there's something about like, you know what, whatever. We're here. It's midnight. We're still grinding away. This is crazy. This is wild. But you know what? It's also kind of fun. Or we're also doing something that clearly we're all passionate about because we're in this field and we've done as much as we already have. And so I, I really like the way that they frame that in this movie and just this idea of like, yeah, we know you're capable. We know you're all smart. We want you to have a good time, but we need you to work. And we need you to put the head down, and just get after it. And we can have fun when we're done. But right now, you know, it is all hands on deck. Um, you know, they, they needed structure. They needed something to ground them and to kind of wake them up a little bit. And so I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I think there, you know, there's a good way to do that. And I think this movie does it well. Um, I won't stop singing this movie's praises all year. I think this is going to be for me at least one of these just I mean it's already my sleeper hit of the year. It's only been out a week, but I'm going to bang this drum. I'm going to bang the I'm going to bang the blackberry drum all year. Um cuz this is just I mean it was just fun. It was entertaining and it's got all sorts of different genres built into one here. I mean it really was like the best way to start my day at the movies. You know, I did two movies after it. I didn't think either of them were going to be better, and they weren't. But I left this movie and was immediately like, I'm like, okay, I got to tell someone about this. I got just I like, Dad, you got to go see this movie for sure, because you and all your buddies who you worked with while this stuff was going on, I'm like, you guys are going to love this. Um, and he did love it, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I know we're biased, but it truly i cannot say enough great things about this movie go see it if it's still in theaters if it's not when this comes on streaming i'm sharing this review again i'm gonna blast it out because i think people got to see this movie it's great and it's gonna play it's gonna kill at home it's gonna be awesome so blackberry matt johnson jay baruchel glenn howerton go see it You know, this movie affects you more than you realize, you know, this history behind it all. Thanks again for listening in, guys. I know this one is a little bit longer than some of them usually are, but I'm just glad. I'm like, at least for me, I'm glad that I got to see one of my first favorite films, I think, of the year. Um, You know, now that we're into May, almost into June, we're almost to our halfway mark. And there's only been a handful of films that I would really... Push on you guys or push as far as the the best of the best so far. But uh, Blackberry's there. It's got to be there. So stay tuned next time because now I'm happy to announce we've got some Seattle International Film Festival coverage coming up. From opening night gala, past lives, to Steph Curry documentaries and Star Wars docs and everything in between. Lesbian werewolves. We're going to have it all. So stay tuned for some special Seattle Film Festival coverage. And we'll see you next time.